0: Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Well, Just to say as we start, for those of you who've been with us over the last few months, we've been um, in a series called Kings, Prophets and Monsters, looking at the book of 1 Samuel. And just to start by saying, we're actually going to take a pause from that series. We're going to return to it at some point in the new year. But for now, we're doing a three-week mini-series called The Forgotten God, looking together at the person of the Holy Spirit. So this week, we're going to be looking at the Spirit of Freedom. Next week we're going to be looking at the spirit of power and the week after we're going to be looking at the spirit of sonship. We're going to be looking together at today a passage in Galatians 5, so if you have a Bible, if you could open it up in the book of Galatians and go to chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry at all, the passage will come up on the screen and I'll start by reading it for us. We're going to look at verse 1 and then 16 to 26. So verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other i wonder if you recognize in yourself a desire to be free have you ever in your life felt trapped have you ever felt sort of trapped by responsibilities by life's pressures, or perhaps even trapped in relationships. Maybe there's some people here today that kind of in response to that have tried to throw off anything that might bind them. Maybe you've sort of given up your job, maybe you've travelled the world, maybe you've tried every drug, maybe you've slept around, maybe you've kind of gone to every limit of sort of doing whatever you want in order to be free, I wonder if you have done that, if you've ever actually really felt free, or whether you've just become a slave to one thing rather than another. Or can I ask you, have you ever felt trapped or frustrated by yourself, by you? Have you ever tried to do something like, I don't know, go on a diet, keep a New Year's resolution, give up something, try and do something, and found. You just can't. You just can't do it. It's as if it's you that's holding you back. Have you tried to stop spending money or give up caffeine or stop having another drink or stop getting angry or even, probably for many of us, stopped trying to look on Facebook or get off the internet? Have you felt it's actually you that's holding you back from this elusive freedom? You've tried to be free, but you just can't. Well, we all... I believe, look to something to give us freedom. We think, I will feel free when I get married, when I have this much money, when I succeed at this. We all look to something to bring us freedom. And we all have, or most of us have something that we want to be free from, something that's holding us back in our lives. Now, today I'm going to share with you quite a personal story. My journey for freedom. And it's a battle that I've, I have been on for quite a lot of my life with how I look, particularly a battle with my weight, um, a desire to be thin or look a certain way. And for many years, before and after I became a Christian, that has been my battle for freedom. I was looking for my weight or what I looked like to make me feel free. I thought, I will feel free when I look like this. I will feel free when I weigh this much. But also, I was desperate to be free from that. I knew that it was no way to live. It was a constant battle. I felt stressed and anxious by my weight, and I thought, oh, if only I weigh that much, then I'll stop feeling so stressed and anxious. But as you can imagine, if I ever reached that goal, it didn't go away. I only felt even more stressed and anxious about staying at that point, and it's really hard. I hated the way I looked, and therefore myself. And I thought, oh, maybe that will stop if only. I can change myself. And as a Christian, the added battle was that I knew that was wrong. I knew I shouldn't feel like that. I knew I shouldn't be controlled by what I weigh or how I looked. But I just didn't know how to change it. I didn't know how to be free. Can I ask you, what is it for you today? What do you think will make you feel free? What do you think will bring you freedom? Or what is it today that you really desperately want to be free from? Can you think, what is it for you? Right now, what is it you really want? What are you trying to achieve? What's motivating your actions and your behaviour? What is consuming your thought life? What do you think, if only I have this, I'll be happy? Or if only I have this, I will be satisfied. I will feel free. I need to tell you the truth, that that thing, the thing that you're thinking of now, will not bring you freedom. There's only one way we can know freedom, that true freedom that actually lasts. And Paul tells us in this passage that it's through the work of the Holy Spirit the spirit of freedom that makes real in our lives, that enables us to live in the freedom that Christ has won for us. So let's look at the passage together. Let me give you a little bit of background. Chapter 5, in fact, the whole um, letter to the Galatians centres around Paul pleading with the believers in Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey, to remain in the freedom that they have received. Look at verse 1 with me. That freedom, Paul says, they've received through Christ. For freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now some troublemakers had come into the church and they were trying to persuade the believers to go back to their old ways, which for many of them would have been the ways of Judaism. And for those who weren't Jews, they were trying to tell them that they had to start practicing the Jewish ways in order to be saved, in order to become part of the people of God. And these false teachers were teaching that you had to be circumcised, that you had to keep special days, and that you had to keep rules in order to be in relationship with God. And as you can imagine... That was causing huge confusion in the church. It led to division. as some people were like, oh, well, I do do that. I have been circumcised, therefore I'm better than other people. Or I am keeping those special days, therefore I'm better than other people. There was division and confusion. And when you read the letter of Galatians, Paul is outraged. He doesn't beat around the bush like in some of the other letters where he's like, oh, you're doing this well. He's just like outraged and frustrated. He says, you foolish Galatians at the beginning of Chapter 3, he's so desperate for them. Why? Because he does not want them to throw away the freedom that, that Jesus has won for them. But let's go back for a moment and try and be clear on what Paul means by freedom. In the chapters before, if you read the whole of the letter to the Galatians, Paul's talking about being free from the law. By which he means those rules and laws that previously the people of God, the Jewish people, had been given to stand out from the rest of the nations, to make them holy, to make them different. But also he'd given them those rules in order that he'd be able to be in relationship with them. Because he's a holy God, he gave them those ways of living so that he could dwell amongst them. And as well as giving them laws. He also gave them a way of dealing with the ways in which they break the laws. He gave them um, sacrifice. He said, you can sacrifice unblemished, spotless animals to pay for your sin, to pay for the ways in which you break my laws. It can be the death of an animal instead of your own death the death and blood of the animal would deal with their sin and enable them to stay in relationship with God. But in the book of Galatians, Paul is saying, that is no longer the way you need to relate to God because you have been set free by Jesus. How has that happened? Well, Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead accomplished two very important things. Firstly, He took away our sin. So instead of there being animals, unblemished, spotless animals that were sacrificed, Jesus became the perfect sacrifice for all sin, past and future. It was paid for completely in Jesus, taken away. So that if you trust in Jesus, you are guiltless. It's it's gone. Any mistakes you've made or will make are gone. But secondly, he gave us his righteousness. So not only are we not guilty, but it's as if we lived a perfect life. The life that Jesus lived, it's like it gets credited to us. So when the Father looks on us, he doesn't just see us as guiltless, he sees us as perfect as Jesus. Now you may be here thinking, well, I'm not a Jew. I'm not Jewish. And I know many of you are not Jewish. So We've never had to live under the law. So when we read Galatians, it's a bit confusing. How are we free from the law when we've never had to do that? Most of us, I've never sacrificed a spotless lamb. How is this relevant to us? Well, the truth is, whether we believe in God or not, we all live under some kind of law in order to make us acceptable, whether it's to God or to other people. Let me explain that to you. Think about it. If, oh, think about it, all of us have certain rules or laws that we live under in order to be accepted. So for some people, it's to wear certain clothes. For some people, it's to look a certain way or behave in a certain way. For many of us, it's I'll do this job or earn a certain amount of money or be successful, get good grades, we all have sort of a set of rules or laws that we live by in order to be okay, in order to fit in, or in order to be accepted. Now, for me, it's, it's quite obvious. My battle with my body image and my weight... I gave myself very strict rules in order to be okay, in order to be acceptable to other people, in some ways in my head, in order to be acceptable to God so that I was self-controlled, and also to be acceptable to myself. I couldn't cope with myself. I couldn't accept myself unless I kept these rules, unless I stayed at this point. I thought if I could keep them, somehow I'd be free. But instead of being free, I just was even more controlled. I constantly felt like I was failing. Because I couldn't, I mean, they were impossible. They were crazy. I couldn't keep to them. And so I constantly felt terrible, like I was failing. I was driven by fear. And I was, I was so scared of letting go of those rules because I didn't want to lose control and put on weight. I was so frightened of it that even though I hated the rules and they didn't really work, I could not give them up. Can I ask you to think about what it, what it is for you? Are there rules and laws that you're living by in order to make yourself acceptable? Are there laws you're living by to make yourself acceptable to God or even just acceptable to other people? But, you know, there is another problem, whether we're Jewish or not, something else that we need freedom from, and we were singing about it quite a lot this morning. God... The author of life is holy. Whether you believe in him or not today, that doesn't change the fact that it's true. As the creator of you and me and all of life, to be separated from God results in death. And because he's holy, sin, so not loving him, acknowledging him, not following God's ways, it separates us from him. And that results in spiritual death now. And ultimate death when we come to the end of our time on earth. The thing that all of us are slaves to, whether we're Jewish or not, is death. But Paul's saying that now we can be free from that too, because remember, Jesus has dealt with it all. He's taken away what was, the, he's removed the barrier between us and God. He's reconciled us to God, whether Jew or non Jew. We've all been reconciled to God our sin and its consequences have been removed all of us can be free from the judgment of God for our disobedience we can be free from trying to change our behavior based on fear of his punishment or to gain acceptance and approval we already in Jesus are accepted and approved totally totally by God and can you see, when we think about those other laws that we put in our life to gain acceptance from other people, how knowing this sets you free from those two. If you're accepted by the creator of the universe, we don't need to be accepted by his creation. It's like the difference between if you're in prison, a fellow prisoner saying, mate, you're free, and the high court judge saying, you are free, there's no comparison. We have ultimate acceptance in God. So those rules and laws that we try and put on ourselves to make us acceptable, we don't need to do it. We're free from those as well. And in my life, that meant beginning to realise that God accepted me just as I was completely utterly no matter what I weighed or how I looked he loved me and he created me just as I am and it 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 meant I began to feel free from other people's expectations from pleasing or gaining the approval of other people if you're a Christian here today can I ask you do you know this Do you know that you are utterly accepted by the King of Kings? Or are you still trying to do things to make yourself acceptable to God or to others? Do you know that Jesus has set you free? You're free from his judgment. You're free from sin. You're free from death. Just take a a moment. Take it in. Do you know that? You are free today. But listen, if you're not a Christian here today, the good news is that this is available for you as well. It's open to anyone, everyone that accepts what Jesus has done for us. You can, right now in this moment, be reconciled to God by just in your heart saying, I put my trust in what you've done you can know the acceptance that I'm talking about, greater than anyone else's acceptance in this world. Right now, you can know that. But do you know, there is more. So it's great, isn't it, what we're free from. We're free from sin and death and judgment. But also, the Bible tells us that we're free to something as well. So we're not just free from that, that life. We're free to a very different life. We're free to be in relationship with God. We reconciled him. We're free to worship him and love him. We're free to really live how God wants us to live. We're free to follow him. We're free to live in the most fulfilling way, the most free way that you ever could live. But how? So I know many of us that's not our experience even if today we'd say we're Christians we know that Jesus has done that we find many of us find ourselves not living in the freedom that's been won for us I know for me I did begun begin to realize that I was accepted and it was great but it only led to a bit of change I still found myself long after I knew Jesus trapped in behaviors that I just couldn't stop doing. I could not change myself. I was I was scared to give God control. I thought okay, so he'll still love me, but I still don't want to be fat. I still want to look like this. It didn't actually change me. I was experiencing this sort of internal battle with myself. It was a bit like I knew Jesus had opened the prison gates, but I wasn't really sure I wanted to walk out because I didn't know what it was like and I didn't know how to live like that. And I was scared that it it was all going to go wrong and that I'd be really unhappy and I didn't trust that the freedom he'd won for me was like any good and I didn't know how to live like that it was really scary and so I found myself knowing that Jesus has set me free but not able to live in that freedom and feeling terrible because I just thought this is not what the life of a Christian should be like and I wonder if that's many people here today if that's your experience if you know that Jesus has set you free from the consequences of sin, but you still find yourself trapped. You still find yourself thinking old patterns of thinking or behaving in ways that you just can't stop behaving in. And the Bible explains that there is a problem within us. It talks about our flesh or our sinful nature, this part of us that desires what's opposite to God the part that just can't follow him, even when we try. Verse 17 says, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So how are we ever supposed to live in that freedom, if that's true? How are we ever supposed to change? Before we look at what Paul says in the passage, I want us to look at two promises in the Old Testament. Firstly, a promise in Ezekiel 36. You can turn there if you want to, but it will come up on the screen. God says to his people, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Jeremiah 31 says, This is my covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. God told the people of Israel long before Jesus came that one day something very significant would happen. Where they'd struggled to keep sort of their side of the bargain, they hadn't kept the laws off, and they hadn't sacrificed like he told them to, God would do two things. Firstly, he'd do what we talked about already. He would take away their their sin, which Jesus did through his death and resurrection. But secondly, and this is what I want us to look look at for the rest of our time together. Secondly, he said he'd do a work within them. He'd do a work inside of them. Where they weren't able in themselves to obey God, to follow him... He'd do almost like heart surgery on his people where they had a heart of stone, unable to respond to God. He'd give them a heart of flesh. Where they, the law was external and they couldn't really obey it. he'd write it somehow in their hearts and in their minds. And he says, I will put my spirit in you. God himself as if he was saying, the problem's in you. And so I'm going to come in and I'm going to change you. I'm going to, myself, by my spirit, I'm going to live within you. And Paul says to the Galatians that this is what's happened to them. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus was going to leave his disciples, he said, I've got to go so I can send the Holy Spirit to teach you all that I've said, to remind you. The Holy Spirit has been sent to live within us, inside. So we can live those lives of freedom that Jesus has won for us. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of freedom. He makes the freedom Christ has won for us real, now, today, in us. We're enabled to live in the freedom he's given to us because God himself has come to dwell within us. And many of you today would be able to personally get up here and share stories of how that's happened to you. I know many people, we hear it in baptisms particularly, where people say, oh, I, I believed in Christ, I was filled with the Spirit, and I, I just found myself different. I found myself being able to do things that I, w- I wasn't able to do before. And some of you might be here today, and you're not a Christian, but you've seen somebody changed. You've seen somebody behave in a way that they couldn't have done on their own. You've seen them set free and you are here because it's provoked you and it's made you ask questions. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit within us. But there are others here today who would say, I'm a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit living within me, but I still... I'm still not experiencing this kind of freedom. And for me, that was the case for a long time. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd, I'd asked him to fill me and I, I knew him, but I just still wasn't experiencing the change that I wanted to experience. I still had an ongoing battle with how I looked and what I weighed. And I want to look at three very helpful images just as we finish off that Paul gives us to help us see how this works, how the Holy Spirit, how we interact with the Holy Spirit to walk in freedom. And the three images of being filled with the Spirit, walking by the Spirit and growing in the Spirit. And for me, it was living out these things that has led me today to say I am free from this. I'd say completely free from this. Firstly is the image of being filled with the Spirit. Now, Paul doesn't explicitly talk about it in this passage, but it is assumed. He says in Ephesians 5.18, instead of living in sin, be filled with the Spirit. And if you read through the New Testament, particularly if you read through the book of Acts, we see the, the early Christians receiving or being filled with the Spirit and receiving power to follow Jesus and to live in his freedom. And if you read earlier in Galatians, Paul says, did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you have heard? So when we get to this passage, his assumption is the believers have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But he's instructing them, how do you relate to him? How do you kind of work this out? Can I ask you today, have you ever asked the Holy Spirit to fill you? God, the Holy Spirit, given to you? Have you ever asked him to fill you? The phrase Paul uses in Ephesians is be filled and continue being filled, continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever asked him to fill you? If you're struggling with being free from something, it, it might be a good idea to ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of freedom to fill you. Or if you have asked, actually recently you haven't asked, maybe for months, maybe even for years. Ask the Holy Spirit daily to fill you. We need to keep on being filled. If you're struggling with being free from something, you need to be asking him, inviting him, opening yourself up to him every day. Secondly, Paul uses this image of walking. If you read through the passage, he First of all, says, walk by the Spirit, or another translation is live by the Spirit. And then he says, but if you're led by the Spirit, and then if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. He uses this image of walking, like moving in a direction. And the phrase walk by was used in Greek to express the way you live your life. So kind of like the direction you're headed in life. So when Paul talks about this, he's saying... Let the way you live your life, let the direction you're going be led by the Holy Spirit. Walk the way he's walking, head in the direction he is headed. And when I read that, there's, there's like such an ease to that description isn't there. I kind of imagine it a bit like if you've ever been on a walk with some from families who have kids and you know how well they never seem to know where they're going. They definitely haven't looked at the map. And they're usually running around in circles, running to backwards and forwards. They don't they, there's no concern. They don't even care like where they're going. Why? Because they know their parents We'll get them there. It's happened before. They'll definitely get them home. And they know that they'll keep them safe. They trust in their parents to get them where they need to end up. And I find that image really helpful when looking at following the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. It's not like following a map where you've got to work out what to do. It's like being led hand in hand by a trustworthy parent who knows exactly where he's taking you. But importantly, it's not without involvement. So it doesn't say he'll pick you up and carry you and drop you where you need to be. There is walking involved. So with the cho- they do, children do have to actually walk, particularly when they get too heavy to carry. And we need to do that too. There is involvement. We have to take steps in the direction that the Holy Spirit is taking us. We need to let ourselves be led by him. Can I ask you today, are you letting yourself be led by the Holy Spirit? Are you asking him to lead you? Are you, if he is telling you where to go, if he is leading you, are you following? We need to put ourselves in a position to hear where he's taking us and we need to follow where he's guiding us. And finally is this picture of growth, um, a very famous passage in the, about the fruits of the Spirit in verse 22 and 23. He, Paul uses this image of something growing organically in nature and he's describing what grows out from within a person whom the Spirit is living in and working in. And he says that that person who's filled with the Holy Spirit will produce fruit characterised by Christ-likeness. They will be like Jesus. They'll be characterised by love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Listen, if you've ever seen a fruit tree, um, does it have to do anything to bear fruit? no i don't i don't think so it just stands there doesn't it and naturally the sun shines hopefully the, the roots draw up nutrients and water and it grows and it begins to bear fruit and paul's saying that that is what it, that is what it's like to be filled with the holy spirit we don't have to try really hard just like we don't have to study a map it naturally happens it naturally comes out of us, we don't have to try really hard to change ourselves. We just have to let ourselves be filled with the Spirit and the the fruit of the Spirit is produced. But I just want to look ahead, if you could look ahead of me, at chapter 6, and sometimes I think we miss this very important point. Chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. It's the same picture. And that is, usually means there's an important linking. It's the same picture. What you plant, what you sow, you will reap. Again, it's not without our involvement we need to be sowing to the things of the Spirit. That is what we're giving our time to, what we're giving our thought life to, what we're doing with our, with our time. What are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the things of the Spirit or the things of the flesh? The Spirit produces Christ-likeness in our life, but we have to keep on sowing to him. Let me finish by saying how this has impacted me. I got to a point where I realised how enslaved I was. I was desperately trying to make myself free. I'd, like, I'd pray about it all the time. i talk about it like, to people. It wasn't like it was a secret. I was just like, I'm really desperate. I need to change. How am I going to change? And I realised it was not working at all. The more I thought about it, the more I tried to change, strangely, the more trapped I was And I started to realize these principles here that I needed to rely on the Holy Spirit, not on myself to change me. And so I started asking often, frequently, for the Holy Spirit to fill me. And it massively impacted me. And still now, the things that I'm still working to be, you know, I'm still wanting to be free from hugely impacted my life, asking the Holy Spirit to fill me. But also, probably the most important thing was this principle of being led by the Holy Spirit. I spent so much time looking at the issue that I wasn't looking at God. I wasn't looking up, looking at what the Holy Spirit was doing, focusing my attention on him and his ways and what he was about. And so, of course, I ended up sort of going around in circles. But when I, look, when I began to almost, to be honest, ignore the issue, but look at God, ask, like follow the Holy Spirit, think about, spend my time on what it was he was doing, things began to change. And I did begin to be set... I began to be set free. How you say that? It meant sowing to the things of the Spirit, soaking my mind in truth, spending time focusing on him and not myself. And I, I was set free. And I can say today, in this issue, there are other things that I'm praying that God will set me free from, but the Holy Spirit has set me free. And it was not my effort. It wasn't me trying to change myself. It wasn't a smooth journey. It wasn't immediate <laughs> But without a doubt, I am not controlled by this anymore. Can you think back to what you're looking to bring you freedom? Do you see that it will never accomplish what you want it to? It's never going to set you free. Jesus is the only one that can set you free by his spirit. And what do you want to be free from today? As we respond, what do you want to be free from receive the freedom Jesus has won for you and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Open yourself up to him. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to bear fruit in your life. Take your eyes off yourself and look at him.